Well, hello there. You're listening to Jelly and Bean, a fortnightly news and discussion show where we talk about geek culture, the things that geeks love and geeks love to hate. This show is hosted by the most amazing Brandon Maines and also by me, Jelly, although my mother knows me as Daniel Farrelly. It is the 30th of November, 2012. It's a Friday. And this is episode four. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. How's everything going with you? Oh, it's good. Good. I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to my upcoming vacation. How was your Thanksgiving? Well, you would know because you were there. I was there. But how <laughs> was your real Thanksgiving? Because we had, we had Thanksgiving on the Saturday. And, uh, well, the Thanksgiving, we had Thanksgiving dinner, which was amazing. Uh, but... You you had uh, Thanksgiving with I think it was uh, your your wife's family the next day. We we did well. so we were quite turkeyed out because Ruby made her delicious turkey as you so so uh, so enjoyed with with us. Oh, I did. I, I enjoyed it very much. And then and that was good. But of course, you know, Thanksgiving is the day that you don't feel bad about overeating. So of course, I overate. And then the next day we go to her family's and. It is essentially, again, another full Thanksgiving meal. And again, I overate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you, so you basically had a, a full weekend of overeating. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, which is why I don't ever want to see food again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how long you'll last without that. <laughs> um, so, we're up to our fourth episode. Um, that's exciting, I guess. Yeah, the, the big zero four. This, the big zero four. <laughs> And uh, we have follow-up from previous weeks. Uh, first off, uh, so last last episode we talked about the Nexus 4, uh, and we were wondering um, how that. Well, I was wondering how the build quality was because of uh, my uh, previous run-ins with LG phones. Uh, one of our listeners, John O'Hayward, uh, got in touch with me on Twitter to let me know uh, that he thinks that the build quality is very good. Uh, it's very solid and sturdy. Light too, although not as much as the iPhone 5. Uh, he says that it's probably on par with an iPhone 4. And, like, look, the iPhone 5 is a very, very solid phone, so I can't really discount some, like a, another product for not being able to match the uh the build quality of that right uh they put a lot of effort into with this particular with that particular model of upping the ante as far as you know making their build quality just amazing uh and it's it's happened at least a couple of times where i've pulled out the phone and i've given it to somebody um because of whatever reason and they just kind of they get this shocked look on their face and they because it's so light like it doesn't really feel like it's even there and it's just it's solid it's a solid little thing uh it's um it's quite good uh what feels really good in your hand anyway uh so but the iphone 4 while it's you know not as solid feeling as the as the 5 and heavier and all that sort of stuff uh is still very solid device so i think that for for me Personally, that gives uh, that means that the Nexus Four is probably pretty pretty good, right? 
uh, even if it is an Android phone. <laughs> so uh, I just well, thought you, you heard it, you heard it? you heard it here first, guys. Jelly says it's probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's probably pretty good. Uh, high praise that. <laughs> uh, so the other there's there's a couple other things that we we've talked about previously. Uh, one of them. Last week, I uh, talked. We talked about uh, retro game crunch. If you remember, I do. It's the cereal, (laughs) 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 or rather, it's the uh, it's the Kickstarter for uh, doing six retro styled games in six months. Uh, So there's not much happened with it, really, honestly. But it's only halfway through its uh, its funding goal so far uh, and, and how much time does it have left uh 13 days okay so by the time the next episode comes around it will have been finished and we will know whether or not we're going to get six games in six months well that that means that people who uh have them back now can can uh choose to set the emotional tone of the next episode that's right by deciding to either back it and make you happy or not back it and make you sad. This ep- this episode is now a... Well, this show is now an adventure of your own choosing. <laughs> in that you can choose whether or not I am happy or sad in the next episode. So, if you would like to make Jelly happy, turn to page one. And if you would like to make Jelly sad, turn to page 37. Did you turn the page? Uh, well, I just I want to read my choices again and just oh, you know okay. I, I like to sit here and, and think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, if you really do want to make Jelly happy, you can uh, go and back the the project. It's currently at a little under half of its uh, funding goal. So the funding goal is sixty thousand dollars. So that's essentially ten grand a month. Uh, and currently, it's at twenty six thousand. Uh, so. There's still a little over halfway. Uh, they're getting good press, though, which is good. Uh, and I think that once the funding ends, uh, we may we may see whether or not I'm happy or sad. <laughs> now, uh, when, when did they? When, when did this one start? Uh, started November twelfth. So it's it's the the uh, funding is going for a month. So okay. it's 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 a little over halfway through its funding uh, period, but a little under halfway through its funding goal. Right. Okay. So I mean, it, it's it's not doing great, but it's not doing terrible. Fun- yeah. Funding wise, like obviously it could be better, but at least it's not like you know it's been going for two months and it's only it's only gotten this far. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's. Um, it's it's gotten it's it's gotten more than you know. More than a lot of other you know projects that have f- flopped, so that's that's a good thing. But it still needs to make it all the way to the sixty thousand in order to actually take to you know to go ahead because that's the way right. the Kickstarter works. So you know if people don't back it and get it to that point, then you know I mean the good thing is about Kickstarter is that if people don't back it, then uh, you. Like then no, and it doesn't meet its funding goal. Then you know everybody kind of goes, you know, walks away, you know, sad, but they haven't wasted money, right? 
Uh, but on the other hand, if it actually makes its funding goal, everybody's happy because they have games. Exactly. And the guys are happy because they have money. Exactly. So everybody wins. Everybody wins. So therefore, you should go and back it. Uh, I will put the link again into the show notes uh, for that so that you can you can do that. Um, the uh, So more follow-up. Star Wars. So there was uh, there's been a little bit of Star Wars has been in and out of movie news uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, as you probably are already aware. Yes, I, I feel like we may have discussed it before, which is why it's in follow up. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so the the reason that it's uh, coming up again in our follow up is because uh, there is an article that came through in the last couple of days, uh, which I will put into the show notes. Uh, we're discussing some um, the possibility of whether or not uh, Disney is actually moving the Star Wars universe to be a little bit more like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and in that, you know, to the the way that they would do that is then, you know, obviously to uh, take out like to to take some of the uh, individual characters and give them their own film right films uh so you know in much the same way that you know iron man has you know now coming up to three films uh of his own and then also is in the avengers and that sort of thing uh you know just as an example uh there is talk of you know poss- possibly films like for boba fett uh and other r- various characters um like the Jar Jar Binks backstory we all want. <laughs> yes, there will be a three-parter about Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh, this is a guaranteed, <laughs> a guaranteed moneymaker. Ooh, and we can call like the first one before the Binks, something like that. <laughs> it'll be, uh, it'll be you know Jar Jar Binks two Binks again. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. And that's really all the follow-up that I have. That's good. Nice, nice quick That was, the, I think, the quickest follow-up that we've ever done. Well, we, we say that, but the next topic is kind of half follow-up. Indeed. Because, because it is Windows 8. And we have talked about it before. But, we have, yes, we have. But not really. I mean, just barely. We, we've touched on it. We touched on it because we touched on we talked about the the surface, uh, That's right. and Windows Eight is uh, came out at the same time as the Surface and is the operating system for the Surface. So we touched on it in that regard, but we didn't really touch on it as a like as its own thing. Well, now we can. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so I guess we'll start off with the uh, you know the boring things, the, the numbers. Um. So in the first five weeks, Windows 8's been, Windows 8 has been released. It's sold 40 million copies, which is a large number of copies to me. But according, according to everyone else, they're saying that's about the same amount as Windows 7 did in, in this amount of time. Right. So it's, it's not doing any better or worse. Right. But I mean, I, I think that's even that's good um, considering people thought Windows 8 was going to be a big flop. You know what I mean? And and at least with with 7, it was a lot of people wanting to get out of Vista. See, here's the thing, though. 
you know, just because Windows 8 has good numbers doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a flop. That's true, but at least it's a very popular flop. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, on, you know, because a mate of mine uh, who has been talking about buying a Mac, and of course, you know, that is that makes me very happy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he currently has a Windows machine and needed to uh, like needed to do something with it because it was um, apparently dying. This is what he says. Uh, so he decided to upgrade to Windows 8. Uh, and I think he just did it on like the trial uh, with a trial, so I don't think he lost out any money with this. Uh, and he, it, like, it started out was you know with with it was fairly positive for him. You know, he was he was quite enjoying it. Uh, but then there, there, he tweeted. Uh, there came a tweet where he was just like, "No, this is this is awful. It's so bad." <laughs> so look, you know. Windows 8, everyone. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do want to say I, I have actually been using it. Did you remember when we first started talking about it, I said that, you know, my main computer is a work computer and my boss didn't really want to move over anything to it yet. So it probably would be a, it would probably be a while until I started to use it. Sure. Well, pretty much the next work after that, my boss said, so do you want to try out Windows 8? So you lied. <laughs> yeah. Liar. Well, no, 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 I was just wrong. Oh, I, I was honest, given all the available information I had at the time. <laughs> Indeed, I don't um, actually mean that you're alive, but but you were thinking it, so I just wanted to make sure I nipped that in the bud. <laughs> I was thinking it. Yes, I was. It's true. Um, so I, I, I can give a bit of, I guess, my opinion about it. Um, Go for it. My experience. So I mean, I've been using it for um, just a couple of weeks now. When I first got it, when I first installed it, I hated it. I thought it was awful. Like it, it was just. As much as I knew there wasn't going to be a start menu and there'd be the you know the whole metro screen, I thought that I could you know I was I was prepared for that. But it, it like it, it is a bit of a a shock, I guess, to kind of have that that bit of a different way of using it. Sure, which is uh, you get that you get that with everything when it changes over. Yeah, um, I think at the same time, like I wanted to try to use the metro applications. The problem is on a desktop that's not really that useful. Right. Um, like, there's there's no point in me, you know, installing Metro Skype, for instance, um, because it, it offers me less functionality than the desktop version of Skype. Interesting. Uh, like, okay, so, for instance, all right, you know, with the Skype, you can start a video call, you can resize the window, you can move it to the, you know, move it over to, to whatever corner, you can, you can make it half the screen and have, you know, a Word document up at the same time, you can be surfing the web. With the Metro version, I can either have it full screen or snaps to about, I think it's somewhere like a fourth of the screen size, and that's it. Right. So so it, it kind of limits, you know, the ability of what you want to do. Yeah, you and can then, just make it a window in the corner. Exactly. Um, and, and for me, like when I have Skype open, I, I tend to have the contacts bar down the side, and that tends to be where it always is because that's, you know, I'm not usually, I'm not always talking to somebody, but I like to know who's on that kind of stuff. You can't do that with the Metro Skype. I can't say, all right, well, I want to... When, when you snap it at the corner and you're not in a call, it just says the Skype logo, which, which is, to me is useless. Like, if you go, all right, if I want to use my widescreen laptop and I want to snap Skype to the side, I, I, you would think the logical choice, if you're not in a call, would be display the current contacts. Sure. As opposed to nothing. Hmm. Um, 
and and I think that's how a lot of the metro apps are. That stuff like that is useful if you're on a tablet. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you know, you don't necessarily want to have that open all the time. Or if you want, um, you know, you want you want a, an app that just lets you view Twitter. But that's not as useful when you're on a desktop. When you know, I can just go to the Twitter website. I can you know open. I can have, you know, if I want TweetDeck, I can have the main version of TweetDeck. I don't. I don't need a, I guess, a dumbed down metro version. Right, um, and I think I think that's uh, what you're saying. There is is something that a lot of people have been mentioning in regards to Windows 8, and has been a huge concern uh, in the lead up to Windows 8, because uh, trying to shoehorn that like tablet experience onto the desktop makes it less useful. Uh, I, I think than what it could be if you took the same experience as was on the as was on the tablet and then recreated it to make it work on the desktop so as as an example uh, to, to to you know to give an example from you know the apple world uh, and um and apple have been very good about um you know bringing stuff you know they've because ios has become their uh their, their number one you know os and os x has fallen into the background um, right to a certain extent because people are starting to use the phones and the tablets more and more and so in, in not uh, so so as not to uh you know um abandon os x what they've started doing is uh doing their back to the mac stuff which is where they take features from ios and they bring them back uh, into OS X and uh, and bring them back to the desktop. Um, so, yeah. uh, like, so so one example is the um, you know the the launch screen. So, um, you know, launch pad on the desktop. Uh, although t- typically it's called Springboard on the on the uh, mobile devices um, or the home screen. You know, some it doesn't really have a name on the mobile devices. Yeah, uh, it's just where you launch your apps. And they brought that over from the from the tablets, and you would think that it wouldn't be necessarily uh, as useful because you know giant thing you know giant grid of icons on you know that takes up all of your screen. How is that at all helpful? Uh, you know, on a desktop. So what they've done is is they've they've added you know additional stuff to it to make it work on a desktop. So you can uh, you can bring open your uh, your launch pad and you can immediately start typing to you know search through all you all of your applications and try and find something so it's uh it's it's almost like a a, a proper uh you know launching tool i guess right uh, i mean i i don't use it myself i use um i use alfred uh, typically, but Launchpad is is handy because it lists everything there. You can see everything. It's got the pages, and you can swipe through it as normal. But having the extra stuff there, like being able to uh, just being able to straight up type, uh, which you wouldn't necessarily want to do on a tablet, but you do want to do it on a desktop because you know your keyboard is right in front of you. Whereas on the tablet, you know, uh, having a keyboard in in the case of the iPad at least would it takes up you know half the screen so right. you you lose you know half your icons uh so it, you know to bring it back it seems like that would be you know that Microsoft Microsoft is taking a very different tack with 
Windows 8 in that they've taken the tablet operating system and, well, I mean, they've taken the desktop operating system, added some tablet-related stuff in there, and then just kind of gone, all right, here it is, everybody, for everything. This is this is the OS that you want for everything. Which I don't yeah. think I don't think that's really a good uh, a good plan. No, no, I, I agree. Um, now that being said, I, I found a way that works that I can work with it that I'm at least comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use the the little Metro screen as a, essentially as a start menu. Okay. Um, so I, I have all the apps pinned there that I would possibly need that aren't already on my taskbar. You know, so things like uh, you know, like maybe like you know VLC or uh, you know, uh, there's looking at what I got here. Uh, uh you know, uh, a secondary browsers, things like that for when I need, you know, to open something up in something other than Chrome, you know, so essentially, essentially what would our, what would be in my start menu. And that's really all I use the, the Metro view for and everything else. I just stick to the desktop and, you know, it, it works well enough and it, it has some of the features like you were talking about that, um, uh, was it, I just forgotten the name of what you were talking about. Launchpad. Uh, Launchpad, yes. So it's got sim- when you were talking about that, like where you could just start typing and it would search, this does the same thing. You know, if I bring it up and type, you know, FI, the first thing that pops up is, you know, Firefox and right. then FileZilla underneath it and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So um, it's, so Metro becomes a, um, like a similar, something similar to, to Launchpad then. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of which is kind of what it is when it, when it's on the phone, like that launchpad kind of, uh, sorry, the you know the the tiles and stuff that appear on the Windows Phone, um, you know, they they they're basically the same sort of thing as the icons for the apps uh, on an iOS device. I mean, obviously not quite the same thing. You know, I know that they've got you know extra stuff in them and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, but. You know, same same basic premise, I guess. Yeah. Um, now, I, like I've been I've been talking to my boss a bit about Windows Eight because obviously I was the only well, there's only two of us in the company, but I was the only one who's moved on to Windows Eight at the moment. So he just you know kind of wanted my opinion, and we were discussing. We we think this having I guess Metro on a laptop is only useful if you have a touchscreen laptop. Like something that where you can, you know, one of the the tablets slash laptops, you can like flip the screen around and use it as a tablet. Yep. Like to me, and 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 when we were having this discussion, when I was just talking to him about this, that was the only situation we could find out where that Metro style would really come into come into its own. You know, essentially when you have a tablet. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, uh, but I mean, other than that, like if you know if. For someone who wants to install Windows 8 and doesn't really want to use the Metro side of it, wants to do what I've done, I'm still enjoying it. Like my computer is definitely faster because of it. Okay. Um, and what were you running before? Windows 7. Sure. Okay. Uh, so I'm just trying to think of the numbers. Like I, I did, I wrote down a bit of like a, you know, I did a couple restarts to see how long it took to, to boot up and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely. I, I'm pretty sure it knocked like a minute off of the total load time oh, from. That's good. Yeah, you know, and that's from booting up to everything stopped loading itself. Because, you know, you know, with Windows computers, like, you'll sign in, you'll be there, and then you still have to wait 30 seconds because it's, you know, backup processes are still starting and that kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, well, you get, so, that, you get with that with that with most operating systems. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it definitely knocked a huge amount of time off of that, and even the time it, t- it takes to uh, to hibernate. Um, like it used to be one of those things, that, you know, where I leave I leave work, I press the hibernate button, and I could pack away all the peripherals, and I'd be sitting there waiting for my laptop to shut down because it took so much long, you know, so much longer than it should. Now I press it, and it's off within you know ten fifteen seconds. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, I mean, so it, there's, it's definitely it's it's not it's not a heavy operating system. Like it is it is light. Well, you know, for 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 a Microsoft operating system anyway. Um, and and yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing where I, any at least anymore. There's something anymore where I look at it and go, "This is terrible." Um, like there are some decisions, you know, where we go, "Oh, well, that's that's a little iffy," or you know, I don't understand why you do that. But there's nothing where I it keeps me from using it. Right. So well, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. If that's necessarily what Microsoft wanted was a kind of a, Oh, well, that's not bad. You know, kind of opinion <laughs> of it, but it's, it's better than it being terrible. That's, that's like, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, I, I think, I think that that's probably what they, <laughs> not what they wanted, but yeah. look, at least, you know, if, at least, I guess their main their main concern uh, is that it sells well. Yeah, and really, other than that, they they don't really care, I suppose. Uh, you know, really. Well, that's that's fair. Look, I you know, you know I I mean, I I, I used used to use Windows uh, a few years ago now, and uh, I mean, I I got I think all the way all the way to 7 or whatever. Uh, and I do still have a Windows machine in my house, uh, sure. although it has no hard drives in it. Uh, and it's covered in dust. And hasn't been powered on for uh, at least a couple of years now. I, Even though it probably is, and it's probably slightly you know more capable hardware-wise than you know the little Mac Mini that I, I uh, use as a server you know, in, in the house. But... Uh, but it is also much larger and uses up much more power and is just a general hog. Yeah. So, you know, I, I may, you know, whip it out and try out some Windows Windows eight at some point and we'll see. Well, and there was one more uh Windows related story, Windows eight related story in, in the news this this past fortnight. Um well, I think I know what that might be. Well is, don't is not that... spoil the fun. Sorry? No, I said don't spoil the fun. <laughs> well, you, do you tell? Do tell. Do tell. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, you can spoil it if you wish. Okay, <laughs> so so this week uh, I remember seeing uh, in the in the news that uh, Microsoft uh, accidentally gave away a whole bunch of keys, or they yeah. gave away a key or something that that licensed like could license everybody's copy of Windows Eight. Uh, I think it's more they gave away multiple keys, right? Um, but it, it was it was it was it was a gift for pirates, is what it was. <laughs> um, so what happened is that if someone had, okay, sorry, I'll, I'll back up a bit. So Windows Eight Pro users get a free upgrade to media to like the the media center version, I guess that I guess gives them the ability to use Windows Media Center. 
Um, and what some pirates found is that if you had a temporarily activated version of Windows 8 Pro mm -hmm. and you downloaded the Media Center upgrade, you would suddenly be fully activated. Nice. Yeah. Now, so it's it's not everybody doing it, but so you, it, there's a bit of effort involved in, I guess, getting your semi-pirated semi uh, copy of Windows 8 Pro before you can even get the Media Center upgrade. Um, but it's still a bit of a uh, faux pas for Microsoft. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I did I did see that, uh, the, the article about that, uh, and I did, for several moments, consider you know going through with it uh in like some virtual in some a vm or something to you know try and try and activate it because look it's always handy to have some copy of windows around to you know do various testing uh i mean i, I do web design i do web development as as a job so you know testing in ie die is <laughs> uh is is kind of a necessarily necessary evil uh unfortunately uh, especially because you know living in Canberra, which is uh, for those who aren't aware, is the capital of Australia, where all the politics happens. Well, not all of it, but you know, quite a good mm -hmm. chunk of it. The majority of it, maybe. This is where all of the public servants are. Well, you know, most of them. Uh, you know, and a good a good chunk of Canberra's uh, workforce is public are public servants. And guess what? What browser they use as their major browser? Internet Explorer six, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, although some of them have moved up to Internet Explorer seven. Yay! <laughs> I so you know being able to test on um, on Internet Explorer is is useful. So why not? And I I do have a copy of Windows seven from you know when I when I uh, had the um, when I had my other computer running the one I. The, the aforementioned Windows computer. Uh, so I, th I considered, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just, you know, get myself a copy of Windows 8 on the on the free. Why not? Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I just kind of... The, it was a fleeting moment of weakness on my part. And I, <laughs> I almost immediately kind of went, yeah, no, I can't be bothered. Well, it's all right. We, I forgive you, Jalen. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Microsoft is going... Oh, thank God! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one well, one see, person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I want to know if Microsoft has any way of, of of I guess figuring out, you know, if the key was I guess legitimately used or not. Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't know enough about the, the 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 method I guess of pirating that they were using. Um. Yeah, but you know, like I, I don't know if there's a way for Microsoft to say, oh. You know, they the, the the pirate flag's been tripped, so that they you know we must got to ban them, or if it's just kind of a you know they got it and there's there's nothing Microsoft can do about it now. Well, I don't think there was there would, there would be anything that Microsoft could do about it anyway. Uh, like the only real thing that they could do is you know remotely disable it, even if it was you know uh, it, it, re like to remotely disable it, and I don't necessarily think that they would go to that length. Yeah, and I think as well, because I feel like I was reading about how Windows activation works. I was reading about that today. Um, 
And I think what it is is once it activates, it doesn't go back to the Microsoft servers really ever again. Okay. Uh, like to check the activation code because it just checks against some response that it got the first time and is stored somewhere on, I guess I assume, on your system. Um, and it just double checks that to make sure that's valid. Yeah, so really the, I, only, the only thing that would ever stop uh, that, that they can do is just hope that it, eventually they'll have to uh, reinstall Windows as uh, you, you do tend to do. Yeah. Uh, and that you know, they'll obviously have this uh, fixed up by then and you, you, people will have to find another method of, uh, of getting their pirated copy of Windows. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure they'll find something. Oh, I'm sure they will, you know. But uh, I think, I think as a as a general rule, Microsoft has been pretty relaxed about pirates in general. Um, far more relaxed than say Apple uh, ever has been. Um, you know, they, they they don't really chase the people down or anything like that. So, uh, well, I, I think it's because a lot a lot of their business is enterprise after all. So it's not it's not often that there's going to be businesses pirating Windows. True. But um, I mean, you keep in mind. I, I think it's. I think it's more so that you know, it's it's that future, uh, you know, future purchase that happens. You know, we'll, we'll get. You know, they can they can pirate it now and they can use it and they can they can you know learn to love it. I guess I don't know how you can do that with Windows, <laughs> but you know, we'll find a way. But, you know, I'm sure that people will find a way. Uh, and I. Uh, you know, and then when it cut, when the time, you know, when they grow up or, or whatever, and you know, when they move into doing stuff as a business, then they'll start paying for it, right? Because I mean, for for a long time, uh, you know, I've as an example, I, I've I mean, you know, again, I keep mentioning t- today. There's like two things that I keep mentioning: there's the old Windows computer, and there's the fact that I, you know I work in you know web design and development, <laughs> and you know so. <laughs> To bring up the web design and development thing again, uh, you know, for the for the last uh, for the last you know f- few years, like well, lot, not just a few, but a lot of years, you know, I was I've been using Adobe products, but you know, uh, up until recently, it's not like I've been able to afford Adobe products. Uh, <laughs> they're expensive. They're really yeah. expensive. Uh, you know the the you know a creative suite just even a, a basic creative suite costs a lot of money. So how does a young entrepreneur, you know, manage to get it? Well, of course they pirate it for you know, and I'm I can guarantee you that I was not alone in this. You know, for you know young people who like you know artists and and uh, you know up-and-coming people who want to, you know, learn to develop and that sort of thing and haven't, you know, found a way to do it, you know, cheaply or freely. Right. You know, they, they start out by using Adobe's products. Yeah. Which they've, you know, found somewhere on the underweb. So, you know, I I, I would be, wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft's uh, reaction to that is similar to Adobe's, which is, you know, they they take all the precautions that are necessary, but at the end of the day, eventually, what's going to end up happening is those people are going to grow up, 
and they're going to need to use those products in a business and they're going to go, well, you know, I feel like I should probably pay the money for it now. And so they yeah. do and they pay the money for it. And you don't want to take the risk as well as, you know, when you are in a business, you don't want to take the risk of using pirated things and then having, you know, Microsoft or Adobe come back and say, well, you know, we're taking you to court, you know. Yes, and uh, just in case Adobe is listening, I use I use Creative Cloud now. I pay for for I pay money for, for the products that I use. Uh, so, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> young and, me will uh, never do it again. Yeah, uh, next week, Jelly will find himself in prison. So it'll be the <laughs> Bean and Bean podcast. Except except you're not going to be here next week. So next so episode. Be, so it'll, it'll be, be the silence, it'll yeah. be the nobody podcast. The Nobody Podcast. Uh, awesome. So Windows 8. So would you suggest that people upgrade to it that are using like previous versions of Windows? Uh, or do you think that they should, should wait? Um, hmm, that, I, I don't know. That's a good question. It, it, it's, not a, it's, it's not a have to upgrade. Sure. Um, it, it's not like how I felt when I went from XP to seven. Like I thought, to me, like that's that's a worth it upgrade. Um, to go from seven to eight, eh, not not so much. Like, it, like it really depends if you think the, you know, little bit of speed increase is worth. I guess the hassle of trying to learn a bit of a new way of, of doing things. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the desktop applications are going to be the same. You know, like, there's still going to be desktop applications, so you're still going to be able to find things for, for Windows 7 if, if that's what you're still on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so it's one of the things... It, I, I can't give it, like, a definite yes, you know, you need to go do it. Obviously, if you're on XP, you need to upgrade because you need to get something that's, you know, actually supported still or you know will be supported for for some time and xp is not that so sure. at least at least if you're on xp i would say definitely move to seven i don't it's it's one of those things eh, like i'm very eh about moving to eight okay so i i give it the one thumb up one thumb down rating it's the uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with the the uh rating because that's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah it's the uh, okay yeah i mean so it's, like, it, it's cheap enough to upgrade right now. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure, like it's what forty bucks, something like that. Right. So it's upgrade. So it's it's not an expensive upgrade. I mean, forty bucks. It's you're not hurting yourself, and it's not. I doubt Microsoft is going to suddenly go back, you know, and throw away Metro. So, you know, even if you, you know, even if you said, oh, I'm going to wait until the the you know, my, uh, Windows nine, it's probably going to be somewhat similar to Windows eight. You know, so you're, you're not really avoiding it. You're just prolonging your waiting that's all fair enough and hope well hopefully hopefully they'll improve it for you know the service back uh, as they are prone to do you know they yes. comes out with a few updates and stuff that makes it makes things better so hopefully hopefully that that sort of thing will be uh, taken care of although given that you know some of the problems are things like um, the apps don't do what you want then hopefully those will you know update you know as well uh, and you know, add add in features that they're missing, because I like you know I understand the the idea of having you know a simplified interface and all that sort of stuff. But if you can't if you can't do what you need to do, then it's that's that's useless. Yeah. So, moving on. 
in the I think it was last week. It was last week. Uh, there was a new movie that came out, which uh, in Australia at least it's pro- it's been out for a, a good month or so uh, now in the UK, and I'm not sure if it's out or not in the US. I think it is. I, I think it's. I think. I think it came out a bit earlier than in Australia. I don't know how much earlier though. Right. Well, the movie that we are talking about, of course, is the new James Bond movie, Skyfall, which both of us have been to see. And in fact, I think we went and saw it on the same night. Uh, Would that be the day it came out? Yes. Then yes, we did. (laughs) Uh, Obviously in separate places because, you know, we don't live in the same city. But... We did go. We did both go and see it. So, uh, my question to you, Bean, is, or should I say, my question to you, old Bean, <laughs> is is what did you think? Oh, well, I, I think. I guess I'll, I'll give you the summary right off the bat. I think it was the worst of the most recent Bond films, the, the Daniel Craig's. Okay. So, um, see that that I disagree with you there. I think it was the best of the of the Daniel Craig movies. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think put on our argument hats. Yeah, then, huh? I, I think that up until up until uh, this one, that they've been somewhat subpar. Uh, granted, you know, I'm coming possibly from a different angle to you. Uh, I haven't really gotten into a lot of the older James Bonds. In fact, I haven't gotten into the older James Bonds. I never never really watched a lot of them. Uh so, you know, Daniel Craig is the is kind of the my real foray into into James Bond. And I I I have to be honest, like it was uh, up until now like they've just been somewhat subpar. Uh but this one was really good. And that is to say, uh you know, my my wife loves James Bond, has seen basically all the movies, possibly all the movies, and is a James Bond fanatic. And she also loved it. She also thought that it was the best of the Daniel Craig ones uh, so far. Well, you, you know, it's funny. I, I'm actually from the same boat as you. Uh, I haven't really seen any of the Bond movies. Uh, well, okay. No, it's, that's not 100% accurate. I, I, I guess I started with, with uh, Pierce Brosnan with Goldeneye. Of course, everybody apparently has seen Goldeneye. Yeah. Well, have you not seen Goldeneye? I don't think I have. Oh, Another well, I recall, anyway. The, the next time we are in the same city, we will watch Goldeneye together. Okay, it's a date. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, see, I, I, I like Goldeneye. I wasn't a huge fan of any of the other Pierce Brosnan movies, and I haven't seen any of the movies before Pierce Brosnan. Sure. Um, mostly because I don't like the... I guess it's it's really it's really what Bond is. I don't like the I'm driving in my invisible car upside down on ice while the supervillain shoots at me from a laser from out you know from a satellite in outer space and I fire rockets and that flips my car right side up and then I drive away and I'm drinking a martini as I shoot out the window and I'm you know sleeping with a thousand girls all at the same time. Right. Like t- to me, I go, you know, it's one of those things I, I can't detach myself from reality enough to let that happen like at least with a superhero movie i can go all right well the premise is superhero you know that that already sets off certain things so i can i can enjoy it okay this i feel like okay he's supposed to be a you know a suave spy but 
you know, why is his car upside down? Why is he firing rockets out of it? You know what I mean? Like things like that go, oh, you know, it, I don't know. <laughs> you, you think it's a bit over the top then? Yeah. But see, and but that's what I liked about when Casino Royale came out is because it was a lot more grounded. Sure. Um, like, you know, he, I guess he was a lot more of, of an everyman type bond. You know, like he he was rough. Uh, there was a scene, my, one of the, the earlier scenes in Casino Royale was one of my favorite is when he's chasing the guy and the and they're in the, the construction site and there's like a, a newly put in wall with a bit of a hole at the top and the guy he's chasing kind of jumps on a pole and slides through the hole and Bond just runs through the wall. Sure. You know, th- like I thought that was great and like that that I guess kind of exemplifies what the Daniel Craig Bond is supposed to be. Yep. You know, kind of less of the, you know, let me press a button and my car drives itself over to me and more of the let me just you know like get my hands dirty type so type, do you feel spy. like do you feel like that that wasn't uh there was none of that in skyfall you know there was a bit of it but i i think they kind of kind of went back to the old bond um like there, there was a bit of the uh and i don't i don't think it's much of a spoiler but there's a bit where there's a car that has a machine gun in the front um right the the uh the db5 yeah um, and and I, I get that that was them trying to be you know nudge nudge you know wink wink look at us referencing old Bond but to me like that's you know like that doesn't fit with I guess the the well I'll call the the Craigiverse of of Bond. Okay, um, but see the, uh, the I mean the, the it's the fiftieth anniversary of of Bond uh, and this film somewhat celebrates that. And I think that that's part of why it was doing a lot of those things. Uh, a lot of there was a lot of stuff in there that calls out to old Bond. Uh, not that I picked up a lot of this, but I'm relying on you know on the conversations that I've had with with Mel previ- uh, since since we went and saw it. You know, and you know that's one of the things that she loved about it. You know, it it references all the bonds that she you know that she loved, and and then takes takes some of the stuff that we've we've seen in James Bond films before, or that other people have seen in James Bond films before. You know, and, uh, to some extent, I've seen in the Daniel Craig ones, and then it flips it over on its head. So, um, you know, so it, it takes you know. Uh, and and actually one of those one of those things and I don't I don't want to go into spoilers because you know it's, it's only really in, here in Australia it's only really been a, a week or so since it since it came out and uh, you know Gillian Gillian Bean is a spoiler free podcast as much as we possibly can make it that way spoiler free and family friendly <laughs> you know and and also if if I remember correctly it is for people who are intelligent and good looking. That's very true. Uh, you know, but it it, it takes it, it takes a lot of the you know the James Bond staples like you know he you know he has the you know the the Bond girl and the Bond car and uh, take it takes all of those kind of items and then it turns them over and complete and looks at them from a completely different angle. Uh, and I think that I think that's a good thing because it means that they're they're still looking at it in a different way to what they used to. Right. Uh, and in, in all 
honesty, like you know, it it is the fiftieth anniversary, and so there is a lot of the stuff in there, and they, you know, they they had you know lines and stuff where they, uh, you know, they they, you know, they they um, where they referenced the old Bond films and that sort of stuff. Uh, see, to me, I don't I don't like that. To me, that's the that's the uh, the George Lucas school of of making connections. It's the oh, we're we're doing a prequel. Well, guess what? You know, Anakin built C three PO. You know, like, you, you know, like it's kind of a, you go, oh, well, that, you know, yeah, sure, you, you made some links, but it, it's it's not necessarily the best, you know, the best way of doing it. Sure. But I don't necessarily think it, think it was uh, a way to make the links happen story-wise. I think it was, they were just throwbacks. And I think that if you try to look past it and, th- and you know, turn it into anything more than that, then, then you are going to be disappointed because they don't really lead to anything. Uh I mean, they, they do in a certain in a certain extent, uh, and it's really hard for me to not explain you know, exactly <laughs> the one that I'm thinking of because uh, you know I, it, it's it is uh, a, a a bit of a spoil. It does kind of contain a bit of a spoiler, uh, but um, you know I will go so far as to say that you know that that M plays a much larger role in this particular film than she than uh, than M. You know she has in previous ones, and right. uh, you know the M character has. You know she's she's, you know, she she plays a much you know more important, like more integral part to the actual uh, to the actual plot of the film, and like and her the 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 part that she plays is a bit of a a twist on on a a James Bond staple and i think that that's that's excellent and uh judy dench didn't did an amazing job like it's 100 percent her her movie she is she is dame judy dench after all she is she is Dame. you don't you don't become a dame and and not be good at what you do that's right uh i mean and you know i think i think that you know that's that's so I think I think it's a good thing that they that they had the the call outs and it just I, I think it, they were mostly for the the James Bond fanatics uh, like Mel and to for you know to be honest the, the mo- most of them slipped past me I I do I did catch up catch a few of them myself but uh, quite a few of the smaller ones kind of uh, slipped past me but I think I, I think it was uh, I think it was good and you know the you know. The action scenes were were, were great uh, and interesting. I agree. I mean, they've always done that well. Action scenes are always good. Yeah. That being said, I do want to point out not a huge. Fun. I, I think even if I could look past the little, uh, the I guess the breaking out of the the normal universe for a certain for a couple of things, I I think kind of overall the plot is kind of one of those it's been done before type thing. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that 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 in itself doesn't necessarily make it bad, but um, I, I think you'll admit, like it, it's not a. I, I don't think anything that really happened was very surprising. No, but then I don't think I don't necessarily think that uh, surprises are something that James Bond really does. That, that's true. It may, maybe maybe surprising is the wrong word, but I, I think it was. I think it's more. It, it was very obvious. I think where the plot was going to go next. Sure. Um, like my wife is one; she loves to kind of call out if she thinks she knows what's going to happen in a movie or TV show. She'll say, "Oh, you know, 
that guy's going to do this or, or, you know, that person's going to explode, you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and, and this one, like she was pretty spot on for about the whole movie. You know, it was very much, oh, you know, that he's going to, you know, he's going to do that and then he would immediately do it because it's, it, I, I think it was, it was, I, I don't know. I almost want to say it, like I think there was it was a bit too much signs of what was just about to happen. Like there there wasn't, it wasn't like oh oh my gosh he's you know he he's that guy you know it's oh yeah okay yeah I could tell that you know that kind of stuff. Like it's sure. it's really hard to say this without spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really hard uh, to to not mention spoilers, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and it makes it difficult because I know what I'm trying to tell you and I know what I'm trying to get across to you, but you're not getting it because even though we could probably talk about spoilers if we were just sitting on the couch we can't talk about spoilers because i don't want to spoil our listeners so listeners listeners you're welcome yeah i'm doing this for you overall though i don't think it was a bad movie i i I, you know i just think it was i think it was the weakest of the three but obviously a lot of people disagree with me yeah no Uh, and i i think i think that uh, I mean, I, I know you're prob- you're certainly not alone in that, but on the whole, I think that most people are enjoying it, and that's that's you know it, that's a good thing. I think, uh, hopefully, it means more Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah, and uh, you know, it might be one of those things. Maybe when I when it comes out um, on you know Blu-ray and DVD, I'll I'll give it another go, and maybe I'll love it. Maybe you know, it was just one of those things that you know maybe I missed things in the first viewing that would have changed my mind. Sure. Um, yeah, but let's talk about the most important part of the movie. Look, the most important part of the movie is the geek-related things in James Bond, and I'm and no, I'm not talking about the uh, the you know the the gadgets as as fun as they are. Uh, the gadgets in this particular film were pretty. Lame, really. Yeah, ungadgety. Yeah, they, they they weren't very gadgety at all. Oh my god, it's a gun that won't shoot for anybody but you. Yay! And you, you lose it within the first five minutes. Yeah, he he <laughs> like he. I think he shot it maybe twice. Uh, and you know a radio. A a radio, and they keep mention, they keep mentioning that. Look, I've got this new technology. It's a radio. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that- no one's seen one of those before, so you know, they've got to let us know what it is. Uh, and then, obviously, the the DB five, which makes a resurrection uh, in in this particular movie. And do you know what the DB five has in it? <laughs> uh, it has a lot of things in it, uh, but, but we we it, really only see a couple of things. It has a radio. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a radio, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's got the machine guns and the ejector seat and stuff like that. Uh, and I don't remember all of them because, you know, I, it's just not really that important. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the gadgets in this particular movie have, were, particular, were, were, uh, were somewhat underwhelming. But, besides that, that's not even what we were talking about. What we were talking about is the geek-related things and specifically the stuff where, where Q is involved. And, and the, uh, the jargon... Oh, the jargon. The jargon in this movie is ridiculous. And it was obviously, obviously written by people who just got out a... I think maybe they just visited Urban Dictionary or something and then wrote down all the technical words that they could find and 
and smush them into a sentence. Smush them into <laughs> a sentence. It's actually very similar to uh, one of the offices that I, I work at uh, regularly. Uh, some of the people that work there, they're not they're not really technically uh, capable. I mean, they're designers, so they don't really have to be like geeky or or anything but you know they don't they don't really understand a lot of the a lot of the you know the the jargon that comes along with being like a developer or you know being involved in web so so they you know they say they they take you know words like parallax scrolling and uh you know css and um oh what's another one uh and you know FTP, and they say I'm FTPing into your parallax scrolling. Like <laughs> that means nothing. <laughs> it means nothing, and that's what the jargon was like in this movie. It, it's 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 almost like the, the 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 sci-fi show jargon, where it's it's a lot of words, and it's they they make it so detailed that you don't that you don't have a chance to understand it. But in this one, it's 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 normal computers, so there's no way to say you know. Oh well, if I you know invert the polarity of the data stream, uh, then I'll be able to hack into his mainframe um, and be able to keep track of him and everything he does. Right. And you, and you sit there and go, those words don't go together. It doesn't that doesn't make any sense? It doesn't. It doesn't, and it makes no sense. And it's designed to make it make it seem like uh, Q is really smart, and when in fact he's talking nonsense. Which also. I just, I just want to point out, did, did you think that Q looked a lot like Moss from the IT crowd? I said that actually, right when we were com- like when we were coming home from the from the uh, the cinema. I said, you know what, Q is a cross between Moss from the IT crowd and Sherlock, mostly for looks, but and also the way that he dresses and stuff. Yes. Uh so, uh, mm, mm. but yes. So the the movie does fall into the uh, not non technical people write technical lines that don't make sense. That's right. Yeah, uh, no, trap that's... that many movies do fall into. They do, and another thing that they that you know a lot of a lot of movies fall into is the the ridiculous uh, user interfaces that they show on screen, uh, which are made to look pretty. And are completely, like, completely unusable. Right. Uh, so I mean, as an example, like you know, the you know, in my, Minority Report, where you know you've got the you've got the big screen where he's waving his arms about and you know moving stuff across the screen. Right. It's kind of like a dance, but but uh, you know it's what? you know it's it's it's, you know, it's doing the connect work. essentially. Yeah. Well, it's like that, but. I mean, I've used, I've got a Connect, and oh my god, like you don't, well, you probably wouldn't want to stand there doing that for several hours a day. Like, uh, it's it's not like you know it, like it wouldn't be something that you could use on a daily basis in the way that they they would end up having to use that sort of a system. You know, waving your arms about and holding them out in front of you and doing all that sort of business is tiring. And so it's you know to see that sort of thing in a movie, it's it's very visually impressive, but it's it's completely unusable. Uh, and in this particular case, in the case of um, Skyfall, I think that it was possibly even worse 
because there was there were moment there was a moment where they show uh, they show this giant graphic of like inter like interweaving lines. It's like almost like a mesh that is just kind of was uh, kind of fluctuating and going all over the place. Uh, and they show this on screen, and then he starts talking about code and how the code is changing and morphing and and doing all these things. And you see this kind of thing fluctuating on screen, and you're like, "Is that is that the code? That's not code. That's lines. That's graphics. Yeah. That's not code. There's code running it, probably. Yeah. Code code but is it, words. Yeah. Code 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 is words. Code is things like you know, if this, then that. <laughs> you know, go to ten. Yeah, not not red line go up <laughs> yeah not not like you know red lines and you know numbers go rolling down the screen and, and and that sort of thing and it's uh you know and and you know another thing that is is very big in movies at the moment is these uh is you know, black and white user interfaces have you noticed that well you know what yeah, that's that's the uh metro style <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe, but Metro Metro has colors, right? Well, see, it, it it depends. Like if you're looking at like the Windows Phone, a lot of time, at least on my Windows Phone, which is seven, you go into the apps, and a lot of times it is just black and white. But I think I think they kind of gave up on that when they when they did the Windows. They they, they were like, wait, we need color to show it off. Right, but see, they do these things where like, and a lot of movies are doing it at the moment. A lot of movies, and it's like it's. It may not just be black and white. Sometimes it's black and a blue, like a light blue color, uh, or you know, a green or whatever. And it's, it's so old, like that. That is the sort of thing that we saw that we were using, you know, a long time ago when you know before CRT, <laughs> before CRTs yeah. were, uh, you know, were were, were color you know, able to produce color. They were the, these black, you know, screens with green text on them. And, you know, if you drew, a, if you drew a, you know, used a line in QBasic or whatever and you drew it across the screen, it'd, it'd be like this green line that went across the screen and, you know, jaggy pixels and, and all that sort and of stuff. All, all the good games are text games. You'd be like, you know, open door, get E-Flask. <laughs> you know, you... would be like, you can't get E-Flask. And, you know, I don't know why... <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of like you know playing a game in the dark yeah exactly and but you know that's the sort of thing that we we used to see and now we're seeing it on screen as if it's the future you know this is futuristic futuristic is actually old in uh in a lot of these cases like you saw it in things like uh you, you saw it in tron tron had that sort of those sort of interfaces where it was all black with white kind of highlights which you know granted Tron is, you know, has has like an '80s movie as its like. I, I'm talking, sorry, I'm talking about Tron, the the more, most recent Tron, not Tron, right. the original Tron, but the recent recent Tron has those sort of uh, that sort of look is because the original Tron had that sort of look uh, to an extent. Uh, but you see it in other movies, uh, Iron Man and that sort of thing. Iron Man actually has a lot of that, uh, and the Avengers, and in fact most of the Marvel movies. Whenever you see a computer. It's like these black screens or clear screens with like light colored lines on them, uh, you know, to make the boxes and then text in the boxes and then maybe some black and white pictures or black and white film or slightly colored film to make it look like it's almost black and white. Right. Like, and, and the thing with that, what happens when 
you know, you're on one of those devices and someone sends you, you know, a picture of a cat and, and, you know, the cat's got normal cat colors on it. How jarring would that look on a screen, which has essentially been black and white with a slight amount of green or a slight amount of blue. Suddenly there's a full color image. Right. You know what I mean? Like you'd be going, what's wrong with my eyes? Like, you know? Yeah. And, you know, to, to, a, you know, to give them credit, there are people who like to do that sort of thing. You know, I came out of uh, the the uh, custom uh, interface scene back in the day, and there were people who loved you know doing that sort of thing. You know, the old school type stuff where they had a black screen and you know very minimal kind of you know white uh, highlights and stuff, and then you you know they'd do all this stuff around that, and that's perfectly fine. There are some people who like doing that. But if this is the future of of interfaces, then I think we've we're doing something wrong, because you know it's it's one thing to have interfaces that are great, you know, crazy colors and all that sort of stuff. <coughs> Windows eight, um, uh-huh. uh, but it's a whole other thing to then you know to to be able to use something like that. You know, most most uh, most interfaces have somewhat. Uh, I say most, but then I think of Windows XP, which was all nutty colors. <laughs> uh, but as a general rule, like it's you know the the interface uh, is generally uh, toned down for most operating systems, and then you know certain apps do it differently, or you you know or, or the content you know is is what comes to comes to the fore, but not in not in so far uh, so in so far as the way that these interfaces like movie interfaces are doing it. And if yeah. you got, and if for for the for the listeners, if anybody is actually interested in seeing what I'm talking about, as far as uh, as far as these interfaces are concerned, because you can't remember or you can't be bothered pulling out a DVD or whatever, um, you know that's fine. I'm lazy too, so that's why I prepared links for you. I have links, and I will put them into the show notes uh, of some of the uh, like some galleries and stuff from people who actually did the design work on these on these interfaces and look it's very pretty you know don't get me wrong it's it's pretty and it's that's it that's what they were designed to be you know very uh very pretty and to make you kind of go oh look at what he's doing he's waving his arms about in the air and that makes the things do stuff on the screen that's amazing but it's completely useless so yeah. if you want to see, if you want to read more about that or or you rather you want to see kind of have a look at it yourself and then you know, think about how would you use this in a real, you know, real day-to-day situation? Like, what happens when you get, you know, a forward from your mum? What happens? How and does she that says, interface work? She goes, hey, Daniel. It says if I forward these ten cat pictures around, I'll find happiness. So I forward them to you. <laughs> I, I also would like to apologize to your mother. I know that it's not what she sounds like or what she would do. So no, but she does send me a lot of forwarded emails <laughs> with, with cats. No, sometimes with cats, sometimes with well, dogs as well. Well, uh, Daniel's mom, if you're listening, make sure to throw some cat pictures in on your next forward. He'll appreciate it. Sweet. But yes, so real world situations. All right, so one of those sites that you're going to throw in the show notes has uh, some scenes from the Avengers. Um, and so you see Samuel Jackson, he's sitting around there. He's got those nice touch screens surrounding him with, you know, very, very uh, muted colors. And then if you look at the second picture with Tony Stark, you see in the background, people still have keyboards and they still have 
pretty much laptops sitting there because those are the people right. that actually do the work. Sure. You know, the, those other screens are nice because they only do one thing. Like, you know, they only show you the map. So it's designed just to show you the map and you're not going to see a picture of a cat pop up unless cats take over a country and, you know, comes, uh, well, let's try to think of a good name, uh, Catistan. Catistan. Catistan, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, you know you're not going to see things like that. You're only going to see the one thing it was designed to do. Sure. But w- real world, that, that doesn't really happen. No. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't, you know, you, you don't have a tablet just for Twitter or a, a phone, you know, just to receive messages from one person. You know, you, you know like, there's, there's so many variables that can come in there that, you know, you can't do things like that. Or right. if you do, it makes it really nice, but it's super expensive. Sure. Yeah, look, I I don't think this is the way that things are going to go. And I'm looking I'm looking here at this interface uh from Iron Man two where he's in the courtroom and he's using the little see through uh, uh device that is basically a slab of glass with a black, you know you know, thing around it, uh roughly the size of, you know, a, a phone. And some of the UI on it is is very pretty. It's, it's got an LG logo up in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so it could, obviously it's using Android. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or rather, it's probably... Hmm. See, I would have thought that Tony Stark would have built his own. Well, if you notice, it also has Stark Industries. It does. It has Stark Industries up in the so, top. So left. maybe it's a uh, custom version of Android. And randomly, randomly, it has Oracle. It has a, an Oracle uh, logo. Yes, I saw that. For for those who aren't aware of what Oracle is, Oracle is a like a database company. Uh, they they have well, they have Oracle, which is a, a a database system, and I believe they also own like MySQL, which is. Uh, which is a database system that a lot of people use. Most, yes, of, the in- uh, most of the internet uses MySQL, I think. Uh, but you know, it's it's a very pretty interface, and it's got you know some uh, some great little little you know tidbits in there, like the <laughs> like you know there's a shield logo and that sort of thing. Even though you, like an Illuminati logo, uh, <laughs> you know. But there's you know so that it's uh, you know it's pretty, but like there's one of the things, one of the images of that they've put up here, uh, he's where he's interacting with it has this giant like this graphic of his house in the background, and it just does like that, like it does it adds nothing, and in fact all it does is kind of mess up the the system, like it, ma- it makes it hard would make it hard to use because you'd be like oh what the heck is going on here I don't know where it, like what what's this thing in the background why is this what's going on I don't understand. Yeah. So, yeah. But look, let's let's move on. Uh, you know, I, I think we've made up. We've made our point. Uh, you know, interfaces for, for, for this is this has been a a lesson for everybody. Interfaces and jargon, technical jargon in movies. It may look impressive. It may sound impressive. 
but it's just a whole like it's bogus. It, none, none of it is actually is actually real uh, for for the most part. There are there there's one or two you know movies slash TV shows that you know that take take exception to that, uh, and you know obviously those ones are not included, even though I can't think of them right off the top of my head. <laughs> That's how few they are. That's how few they are. Uh, but but they. Uh, you know, as as a general rule, most movies and TV shows where you see you know interfaces or you hear jargon, even simple stuff like uh, like you know web browsers and stuff, none of it is real. It's all faked, all of it. You know, and it's all done post because nobody would actually be able to use that thing ever. Yeah. And speaking of things that nobody would actually be able to use ever. <laughs> Well, not really. That's, that's a lovely segue. Yeah, it's so, a lovely segue to so, something so that Ad- doesn't Adobe really... doesn't like. So Microsoft <laughs> doesn't like you. Adobe doesn't like you, and now Nintendo doesn't like you. Well, it's see. Look, here's the thing. Uh, the it, it. I can't really dig myself out of that one. <laughs> the I think the end end result is that uh, people can use the Wii, but I think my, my, my method of thinking was that, you know, the wavy arms kind of uh, interfaces is something that uh, is something that Nintendo is actually looking into and kind of is they're exploring that, uh, whether or not they're doing it successfully or not, which is a whole other uh, kind of thing. But, you know, they've come out, Nintendo, you know, having done the Wii, which is one of those things where you wave your arms about uh, to, to play the games um, with, you know, a little stick in your hand, Wiimote. And they've released the Wii U. Which, first off, awful name. So awful. Like, I, I think we must have said, how can we get a more terrible name than Wii? I Indeed. know. Let's call it the Wii U. Indeed. And we was pretty terrible. Yeah. And what, what does the U stand for? You know, I'm not even sure. I like, feel it like it actually doesn't stand for anything. Yeah, is, is it just a why, why don't they call it We X? Because the X is for extreme. I think that it's like possibly because it's more personal. I'm going to find out. See, I think We Too would have been a fine name. We Too probably would have been a fine name. Yeah. Although it's, it still would have been just like I, I, th- I still think it would have been bad. Like it's, it's not a great name, but at well, least wait, it's wait. better. Do you know why? Do you know why we two would have been better? Why? Because well, say say the word we twice. We we. Ah. There you go. <laughs> right. Very clever. <laughs> oh, what makes that better is that you didn't get it at first. You actually had to say it before you got it. I didn't even think about it. I'm still thinking about what the actual what the U stands for. Uh, uh, yes, well, that's funny. I, I know I know that you guys uh, have a a Wii console. Uh, we do. Is very nice. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Is is the Wii U something that you guys are interested in getting? I, I'm not. Um, I, I'm, but in, I guess in the Wii's defense or the Wii U's defense, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the original Wii. Um, sure. My, my wife enjoys playing it more more than I do. Um, I, I don't like the whole, you know, moving my arm around to get something to happen. Right. Uh, I, I'm the I'm the lazy gamer. I just want to move fingers. 
Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I don't think I've ever said it. Oh, it's 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 bad, but I think it's it's one of those. It really does depend on the type of game you like to play. Yep. Um, I, I mean, you know, while people do play, you know, say Call of Duty on the Wii, it's not really the same thing as playing it on the Xbox or the PS3 or the computer. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's definitely a different experience. Yeah. Because it's not really made for that type of game. Like to me, I think the Wii, and I think more. Um, I'm going to say more like puzzle type games, party games, like that type of thing. You know, okay. and I guess that's that's not. I'm going to say it's not really the type of game I I'd really be into. Well, uh, I mean that's that's interesting because I mean the the Wii was more of a. It appealed to like um, casual gamers, right? Uh, a lot, and that's that's what led to its success. Like it was immensely successful uh, as far as consoles are concerned, because uh, because all of a sudden there were these all a whole slew of games uh, that were interesting for casual gamers. Uh, you know, party games and games where you know, for, for like for social situations and stuff like that. So, you know, and while the, while a lot of the big you know big name games kind of uh, made their way to it, it was it was a it was a casual gamers platform. But the Wii U is partially uh, like the, part of the reason that it's changed so much, uh, and it and it and it has. And for for those who haven't actually seen uh, any of the photos or anything like that. Uh, one of the things that they've done is that they've added, uh, they've added like a little a gamepad. It's called the Wii U gamepad, uh, which is just basically like it's a little screen with all the control bits around it. So it's kind of like a portable device, but everything runs on the Wii U, the Wii U, the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everything want, runs on the Wii U, and all it does is just streams the video to the console, like to to the little game pad and your controller, like and obviously your controls and stuff are, are also there. Uh, the idea being that you can do different things on your controller and to what you're doing on the screen. So you could have, say, a map on your controller and the rest of the game on the screen, or you might be playing socially, and so you have different things on each body, each screen. So you could be playing something like poker, where you have your cards on your screen, and you've got the table and the television or whatever. Uh, that's the sort of thing that the Wii U is. Now, my original... my The point that I was trying to explain was that the, the Wii U is their attempt at bringing in uh, back the core gamers... That's what they're trying to do with this, uh, with this console. Um, so that being said, like that, that being said, it's a it's a console made for you, Bean, just for you. <laughs> how could you how could you disappoint Nintendo like that? I'll see. It, it, I think it's been a while since I've uh, not disappointed Nintendo. <laughs> uh, look, well, I'll be since... I'll be honest. It's something that I'm interested in. Um, if only because I miss Mario, yeah. Uh, and so I'd be I'd be interested in, in in getting one. And Mel, I know you're listening. Christmas present, <laughs> Christmas present, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm fairly certain she bought something already. Uh, not that that's actually anyway. 
I can buy one for myself if I have to. Uh, you're a grown up. You're allowed to do that kind of thing. I am. I am, and I can. I can. You know, say that it's for work. <laughs> uh, because you know the podcast is work. Well, it's not work. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, so is that how you feel about this, Jelly? So this episode is all about Jelly digging <laughs> into holes uh, and just digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, so look, it's it's a it's a device that's meant for for like to bring back the core gamers to Nintendo. Uh, so I don't know how the, I don't know how that will go, but I I know I'm certainly interested in it. Although I'm probably not what you would call a core gamer. I probably fit more into the casual gamer crowd. I like to think of myself as a social gamer because I only really play games when they're with other people. Like I like co-op games and stuff like that. Right. Uh, Assassin's Creed is one of the very one of the few games where I uh, I sit down and just you know smash through it. And I, there have been other games where I've played like that, uh, but they get fewer and fewer. Uh, mostly I. Mostly, I keep my Xbox around for uh, for the social gaming. Yeah, well, I mean, see, to me, I, I feel like the gamepad is as much of like it's gimmicky to me. Like it's it's the same way that the 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 normal Wiimote is or was. I don't know. Where I, I feel like it's not going to be you know, developers are making games that are good. It's more developers are making games that happen to use the peripherals well, and that's really it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's going to be a, you know, uh, good story, good graphics, good use of peripherals, you know, choose choose two. Well, maybe. I mean, you can, like, keep in mind that um, there are several games out for, say, like the Xbox which uh, now anyway that use the use the connect in a way that isn't gimmicky while it is gimmicky but doesn't detract from the from the from the game and it is a slightly different thing to having a screen a, a separate screen and uh we may or may not see that you know be used well although granted for some of the for their uh mobile game consoles like the game boy uh, they've, you know, they've had dual screens for a while now, and they use it for things like maps and stuff like that, and I think that works. Uh, but I mean, the, the, you know, the Xbox uses the 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 connect. Um, you know, mostly it's gimmicky, but then f- there's a couple of games where, uh, which I have, which you know, um, you can use the use the connect to assemble your own gun, so you kind of move your arms around as if you're assembling a gun. Right. In a particular screen, you can you know you can build a gun that you use in the game uh, right. with the Kinect, uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, it doesn't add a lot to the gameplay, but it certainly doesn't you know isn't a bad like. And there's, it's not a bad game. It's just it it's you know it's it's. Well, see, I, I think it's one of the things like the Kinect isn't a necessary purchase with an Xbox. No. But the gamepad, you, you can't really buy a, a Wii U without getting a gamepad. That you know, like that's part of getting the console. You know, right? Um, so with like Xbox games, if it has, you know, if it's if it's a normal Xbox game and it has Connect features, it's kind of a nice add-on. But it's not like you know, you don't go into 
say Mass Effect Three, going, "Where's my Connect features?" But you know, if they give you, if they give you the option to you know yell out commands or, or whatever it is you happen to do, you go, "Oh, that's nice." Yep. But you're not you're not like you know sad if they're if it's not there. I, I but I feel like you would be like you know if you're if you're playing you know say you're playing whatever the the new 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 Super Mario Brothers and it doesn't use the gamepad for anything but a control you go oh well why why am i lugging this thing around if you know well yeah and i mean some of the move some of the games that are that have come out for it now and i think uh, already like and i think that actually pretty much all of the games that come, that are that are out for it at the moment uh they don't use the 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 screen on the gamepad for anything more than just a second screen uh, and what I mean by that is that they're not showing anything on it that isn't already on the TV. Right. Uh, it's it's just a smaller you know copy of whatever the, whatever the TV is showing. But even that is useful if if anything because it means that you don't have to watch the TV. Yeah. You can you can kind of sit on the couch and just play it like you would play uh, like you would play on your iPad, I guess but it's dedicated to gaming and has physical controls. Yeah, and one of the things I have heard about the Wii U is that if you can switch your game to be just on the gamepad. Right. So, you know, if you're, say you're playing it and, you know, Mel comes in and she says, oh, I need to put on some show or something like that, she can switch the TV and you can still be, you can just continue right on with your game as if nothing happened. You'll just be looking at the smaller screen of the TV, right, and I think um, that's I think that's that's useful. Yeah, I mean, so th- there's there's some nice features about it, and and, and from what I've read, the like the it, it's very accurate with its, you know, capturing the movement. I just feel it's one of those things like I I can't see myself going. Oh, I really want to do that, you know? Right. Like to to me, that that's a, a level of difficulty that I don't want, you know, like I. I'd rather, you know, get the controller and go, all right, well, I know I just need to flip my thumb this way and then the guy jumps. It's not, oh, I have to tilt my whole body to, to match with this and, oh, I did it a tiny bit too much because, you know, I slipped and suddenly I'm dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look, you know, um, I think at the end of the day, it looks like it's going to be a good a good console. It doesn't look terrible. Uh, and whether or not Nintendo actually, you know, succeeds with this at all is yet to be seen. I mean, they are selling it at a loss uh, at the moment, which is which is different because normally they come out and they make a profit from day one. So whether or not it actually succeeds is a whole other thing. But at the end of the day, I think it looks it looks interesting, and uh, I'm keen to I'm keen to try one. I'm keen to have one. I'm keen to play some Mario again. <laughs> Look, if 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 I bought a, a, a Nintendo for anything these days, it it's going to be because of Mario. It's that's it. Like that's probably the only thing I'm going to play on it. Uh... See, see, I think you know it's one of these things. People go, oh, you know, like the the 360 and the PS3 are, you know, they're they're much more like there's a lot more talk about them. But I think like the original Wii has sold something like. Uh, Almost thirty million more than the PS3 and the Xbox have. Yep. Not not combined, but separately. Um, so I, I mean, it, it's doing well, and who, who knows? I, I assume they're selling it for enough that 
that you know actually selling 30 million more has got them more money sure um but it's one of those things i've heard people say like they want nintendo to go the to go down the, the road that sega did where they just stopped making hardware and just purely focused on software Yes, and in fact, I've I've heard a couple of uh, I've re- or rather I've read an article here or there, uh, and if I can find it, I'll put it into the show notes. Uh, there there is an article, and I've heard the conversation before on the exact same topic, suggesting that Apple should buy Nintendo. Huh. Well, because uh, uh, I mean, this is you know, I suppose that there's a lot of talk about you know. Apple should buy a lot of companies. It has the money. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and that's that's half the thing. It has the money to buy it. It has like it has these uh, platforms, I guess, that make great gaming devices. And what Nintendo does really well is that they have these uh, they have these characters and they have this uh, they have this kind of ecosystem of games that would really be a really big boost to like you know to the to the ios gaming scene i guess yeah uh, and i know i certainly would really enjoy it if there was mario on my iphone yeah. slash, slash ipad but you know at, at this stage you know uh nintendo was very you know very much in in the state where they just you know they, they're going to continue making their their hardware and they're going to continue making their software and you know, you in order to play Mario or to play Zelda or whatever, you have to buy it, and that's like that's that's it, you know. Yeah, I think it's funny because I, I think what Nintendo Nintendo did is like they they were the game console when our generation was was young, you, right. you know, like that there wasn't really anybody else, and mm-hmm. so you know we kind of we we got hooked on on the Zeldas and the Marios. And, and most importantly, the Kirby's, um, right. And then we, we've, you know, we've grown up. We, we've moved on to systems that, you know, are I guess are more suited to what we want, and, you know, are, I guess are, are better spec wise. But we still go, oh well, if we want to play those games that we remember, you know, the, you know, that are that are related to you know our childhood, we have to buy this system because there's no other way to do it. Right. And so, so I, I mean, in, in a way, they, they've, they've kind of they've, they've got themselves a, a good a good thing there, because like like you were saying, if you want to play Zelda, you have to buy the you know if you want to play the latest Zelda game, you have to buy the Wii U. You, you can't get it on the PS3 or the Xbox. Right. So Nintendo essentially is a company based that is built on casual gamers and nostalgia. That's exactly right. Uh, and now they're trying to bring back, you know, their core, the the core gamers, quote core gamers. Uh, so, look, I I don't I don't really know if it's if it's going to work out for them. Hopefully, it will. Uh, you know, I don't want Mario to you know go anywhere. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm really kind of keen on this on these on these new ones where they're you know bringing back the older platform platform (laughs) style games uh, like gaming where they're doing you know 2d kind of stuff uh with the 3d graphics so i think i'm probably gonna buy one now (laughs) (laughs) uh um 
and and I can just kind of I can hear Mel when she listens to this episode uh, this week. She's going to be like, no. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think it'll be. Uh, I, th- I think it looks like a good platform. I think if there are good games for it, and look, let's be honest, Mario, you know, is my definition of a good game. So I think, I think it's worth uh, looking at. Uh, maybe not. Maybe like maybe maybe not for people who already have a you know have an Xbox or a PS3 or whatever. If right. they're not keen on playing a whole bunch of consoles, but. You know, because you know most of the things, most of the new games that come out are going to still come out on your Xbox, you know, 360 for a while, and your PlayStation 3 for a while, even even with the you know the plans to make new cons as the you know as those companies might plan to make new consoles, new versions of their consoles. So, you know, it's if if you're into nostalgia, I guess it looks like a good thing, and if you're a casual gamer, then why not? Right. And it's not like they're expensive; they're fairly cheap. As com- when when you compare them to say, uh, when you when you compare them to the well, they're not really, are they? They're, they're you know they're, these days they're they're about the same, um, but you know they're not they're not terribly expensive. And it's not like it's not like when, you know when the PS3 came out and it was a it was you know a grand, yeah. And you'd look at it and you'd go, oh, you know, I'd I'd have to I have to really enjoy gaming, and I feel like <laughs> I would have to use it like daily in order to get my money's worth out of that. Yeah. But it's you know it's it's a it's it's a couple hundred bucks. It's a few hundred bucks. What is it here in Australia? Oh, I actually don't know off the top of my head. That's what the internet is for. Internet, yep. It's a race to see what the price is uh, for the Wii U. Uh, four hundred dollars. Uh, no, three hundred dollars for the basic. Four hundred dollars for the premium. Yeah. So look, let's 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 go with the basic. I mean, the basic console is is the entry level thing for most people anyway. So look, three hundred dollars isn't isn't a whole lot of money, and it's you know we spend more on that you know more of than that on you know tablets and phones and that sort of thing. So if if you're keen to you know to try it out, then I don't see why not. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it, it's got its market. Indeed. That, that, that's what I'll say about that. Oh, and I, I would say what I want Nintendo to do is I want them to release all of their old games as like you know with with emulators for all the, all the phones. I think that would be awesome. You know what I mean? So you know you're sitting there one day and you go, I really want to play play a you know Pokemon Red, and you just go you know go to the you know little whatever your phone store happens to be, find a little N- Nintendo section and go Pokemon Red. There you go, and then you're playing it. All right. So what we want really is for for Nintendo to make a phone, the uh, Nintendo well, phone. <laughs> See, I think didn't didn't Sony do that with like try to make like a PlayStation phone? And yeah, I don't what, think it what did very well. I, I don't. I don't think. I, I. I don't think it did. I think it was one of the things where it did everything kind of subpar. Yeah, look, a few phone companies have also tried it. Like, I know Nokia tried doing a gaming phone back in the day. But that's not to say that game like game devices, like a device that is a phone, couldn't do well with games as long as it had some of the other features that people want in it as well. Right. And the way that game consoles are going, where they allow you to do things like surf the net and you know, um, take photos and, well, I mean, you know, like the the lounge room ones don't, but you know the the uh, 
the little 3DS, you know, the Game Boy 3DSs do. Yeah. You know, so it's not out of the... It's not, I don't think it's out of the uh, realm of possibility. Nintendo, get on it. <laughs> you may <laughs> you may even bring me over from from Apple if you do it well. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully all the Nintendo people kept listening after you uh, insulted Nintendo before <laughs> this, this segment. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I insulted Nintendo and then now I've, I've basically almost talked myself into buying a new console. <laughs> Anyhow, anyhow, that's all we really have time for this week. Uh, that's pretty much it. Now, uh, the next episode that you hear from us will not have Bean. Bean is going away. Not forever. Not forever. I know that everybody listening to this podcast, uh, is they, they're all in love with Bean. They're all in love. They're, in lo- blah. they're all in love with you, Bean. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, can you, can you blame them? <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, but uh, Brandon is going uh, overseas for the for a Christmas break, so he won't be around for the next episode. He won't be around to see whether or not you guys have made me happy huh. or sad. Uh, and, and actually, won't I be away for two episodes? That I remember In fact, you will. You'll be. I, th- I believe we, we will do be doing. Uh, I do have planned for uh, an episode uh, post Christmas, so we can discuss. Uh, so that I can discuss with a guest host uh, the the Boxing Day movies and stuff. So there will be there will be more Jelly and Bean. Just it will be Sans Bean. <laughs> uh, and it, it, jelly, jelly and guest who is not Bean. Uh, guest who is not Bean. Uh, so, but but Bean will be back in the new year uh, when we have lots of things planned for this podcast. Lots of things. Mwahahaha. So, that's it. If you would like to check out any of the show notes that we've mentioned, uh, including, you know, the retro uh, game crunch. Which is not a cereal. Which is not a cereal. It is not a cereal. It is a Kickstarter. If you are keen to check out the Kickstarter, or if you're keen to read any of the articles that we've mentioned, uh, or find out about any of the interface stuff that we talked about, uh, then you can check out the show notes online. And Bean, I'm going to blow your mind with this. Are you ready for this? I'm the, ready. The URL to check out the show notes is jellyandbean.co forward slash four. That is amazing. Now, is that dot .co? That's what you mean by .co, yeah, .co. Okay. So jellyandbean.co forward slash four. So uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've managed to get our, uh, our domains set up and they are working nice, nicely now after a little bit of a... little bit of a uh, rough start. And for those who uh, you know had things like uh, duplicate episodes and that sort of thing showing up in their in their uh, in their podcasts, I apologize profusely. Um, <laughs> it won't happen again, probably. Uh, but now that and now that it's kind of set up, it shouldn't happen again. But I, uh, yes, I got them set up. So if you want like to check out the show notes, <laughs> jellyandbean.co forward slash. Four, because this is the fourth episode of Jelly and Bean. 
Co. Not Dot Co. <laughs> just Joey and me. Uh, we would love it if you would rate the show on iTunes and possibly give us a review. It's the best way for people to uh, discover the show because we like it when people discover the show. It makes us happy. It makes us happy. And it should make you happy too because you're doing something nice. Uh, you can get in contact with us uh, via our contact form on the website. To get to that, it is jellyandbean.co forward slash contact. How I'm crazy. Blowing, I'm blowing minds left, right, and center here with this. It's awesome. Uh, it's it's great. It's short domains as opposed to when they were really long. Yeah. Uh, really long URLs. Uh, if you'd like to talk to either of us individually, you can get get to us on Twitter. You can find Brandroy, uh, Brandon. Brandroid. <laughs> well, he is Brandroid because he is on Twitter. He is Brandroid Attack. Uh, and I am at Jelly Bean Soup. And that's it. So thank you for listening. Uh, we hope that you will join us during the Christmas, quote, break. Uh, join me for the Christmas break as I have some uh, some surprise guest hosts, which won't really be a surprise because, well, it is a surprise who they are because I'm not going to tell you. But we hope but it will join. Be, won't be a surprise for you because you'll know who it is. I know who it is. I, I already know who it is. But I'm not telling you because I want it to be a surprise. It's a Christmas surprise. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.